Welcome to the When Wit Happens podcast. This is a podcast that helps you find ways to celebrate and live your best life even when stuff happens. Now, here's your host, Wit West. Welcome back to When Wit Happens. Today I have a guest on the podcast with us and I'm going to let her go ahead and introduce herself. Hello, I am Amber Booker. I guess I was Amber Webb when I met <laughs> It Happens. I am a, a lawyer by day and a mother and a regular woman by night, I guess, trying to, in my own little corner of the world, put a new face on what it looks like to occupy space in the world as a Jesus lover, as a woman of color, as somebody who is committed to social justice, as just somebody who believes that you don't have to believe the lies that come at you every day about kind of what it means to try to live and walk uprightly as a Christian and as somebody who cares about other people. So I guess that's probably the most accurate depiction of who I am. Yes, that is a good good description of who you are. It leaves out all the ratchet parts, but you know, exactly, I'll, exactly, exactly. You know, I'll, I'll let you have that. Um, Amber and I met in college, so you know, there are tales and stories that won't be told ever. Praise God! <laughs> in Praise the times, God. in the times before the social medias, well, right before we yes. were social media, so you know, there's no evidence of anything, so it will not be spoken on record <laughs> hashtag not guilty not guilty, not guilty. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys see um amber and i obviously since college have been friends for the last 15 years yep, yep. freshman year <laughs> freshman. technically before freshman year. yeah at orientation yes. yes you met at orientation yeah so amber you know has gone off become this successful woman and those all those intersections that she spoke about, you, as you could probably understand, based on who my audience is, gives her interesting perspective on the times that we're dealing with. She had she's a lawyer, so she knows the law. So she has that part that a lot of people are confused about usually on lock, you know, as well as the biblical sense on lock. So it's it all comes together in amazing posts on her Facebook. And probably soon on her public page and her YouTube channel, which I'm going to be pushing her for again, or a podcast or whatever. But we're going to put her more out there because her messages need to be heard and they need to be in the public. Because I think a lot of us in our age group in particular are struggling with a lot of things. We're struggling with what's going on in the world. We're struggling with the face we see of Christianity in the yeah. media. And we're struggling with the rejection of some of the things we feel are true in certain church homes. So I think you do a good job of kind of justifying what we feel in our hearts is right with biblical backing, as well as, you know, what's right under the law as well. (laughs) So I do appreciate when I get your, you know, see your post and um, when you were doing Bible study and all that good stuff, because it just makes it real because I feel like a lot of us are kind of lost in the church experience because we know the church it's it's still dated and they still preach as though the bible times are current you can't even bring in stuff that happens now it's just like this is that but like the world is a different place now yeah yeah and you have to account for those things all the same so I feel like a lot of us feel the datedness of what's in the church but we all know who Jesus is, who God is to us. And we think about it in terms of what the Bible says of he is all powerful. He can do all things and he loves us all. And we don't understand that judgment aspect. That's so hard and, you know, condemning people and pushing them away. You know, I do appreciate you putting that out there. So what kind of gave you the courage to be that voice? You know, to be honest, I've grown up in church my whole life. My grandfather was a Baptist preacher for 50 years. And so I kind of reached a place maybe about 10 years ago where I started to struggle. And church was honestly just wearing me out. And mm-hmm. I was like, 
if this is what church is or if this is how church is, I don't know if that is what I want. Right. And then I started to realize that I had been holding on to things that I had been taught, but I had never really ran it by the Bible. And so kind of once my, you know, legal career and just law school kind of collided with my Christianity and I realized, oh, sis, you have to use your brain in your faith too. Like you've been just regurgitating stuff that people have told you and you've never stopped to take five or 10 minutes to check to see if that's actually what the Bible that you say you believe says. And so when I started to do that work, I realized that part of the reason I was worn out is because a lot of the stuff I believed had absolutely nothing to do with what Jesus said in the Bible. Mm. And me, because even when I started to get clear about what was the truth, I felt like nobody else was really talking about it. I mean, we had turned mm-hmm. Jesus into Christina Aguilera and all of a sudden he's a genie in a bottle and if we <laughs> just rub him the right way, all of our dreams in life will come true. And I was like, okay, that's, that's wrong, first of all. But second of all, we've also made Jesus completely irrelevant. There's a mm-hmm. whole world out here filled with difficult things and messy things, and it's not neat and colored in the lines. And we've just kind of made Jesus not relevant to all of that when, you know, the Jesus in the Bible has a message that is so on target for what we're going through today. And I just started talking about it in my own corner of the world because I just knew in my heart I was not the only person kind of wore out with this whole, let's go to a retreat and get a sparkle bag Mm. and talk about how Jesus makes all of our dreams come true. And there is a very real part of Christianity and a relationship with Christ that deals with us in him because he cares about us. He cares about our dreams. He cares about our feelings, but he's so much bigger than that. Yes. And so when I just kind of got to know the God that cares about women who've been violated, who cares about racism, who cares about social justice, who cares about how I relate to other people in the world, my life just kind of changed a little bit, you know? And I, I just realized it was so much more to my life than all of my dreams coming true, you know? Yeah, that's good. Like, how did, where did you start? Because I feel like a lot of people just don't know where to start. Did you just start reading the Bible or did as issues come up, did you just go looking for things? Oh, child, I'm about to get a lame award, but I'm going to tell the truth. I got a C in law school and I (laughs) thought my life was over. I was like, is that, I'm sorry, is that a C? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, is that, is that a, a real, like a C? And so we graduated from college in 07. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was in law school in the middle of the economy tanking. Yes. So I kind of sold myself on this idea that I had to be perfect because the economy is about to go to hell in a handbasket. Ain't nobody trying to hire no C lawyers. So mm-hmm. that was like the lie in my mind that my life was over. And I mean, I straight spent a whole summer just, bawling, having anxiety attacks, just really convincing myself, child, and my life was over because I got to see. And what I realized at the time is that I wasn't in relationship with God. I was prostituting, okay? Because I thought I had to bargain in exchange. If Mm -hmm. I did these things, God did these things. And I realized that was not a relationship. That was transactions. That was me Mm -hmm. trying to live up to an impossible standard. And that was kind of where it started for me realizing the misconceptions I had about God that, you know, I had to be something or do something or do my part. And it's like, child, the Lord knew you was a hot mess of the universe (laughs) and he did not build any expectation on you doing or being anything other than truthful. And if that truth included brokenness, if that truth included an inability to perform or an uncertainty or anger or fear, whatever it was, I could be that with him and he wouldn't reject me. 
And being liberated to that truth about myself also liberated me to understand that other people had struggles too, and they didn't look like mine. So this idea that God was some taskmaster in the sky, rejecting people who didn't walk in a straight line and dot every I and cross every T, I held myself to that because I thought he did that to all of us, Mm -hmm. you know? And once I realized he didn't and he knew we were all hot messes in one way or another, it just kind of freed me to realize, okay, if it's not about being perfect, what is it about? And it's about taking the broken pieces and sitting them before him and knowing he won't reject us in it. And when we know he loves us like that, it frees us to love other people like that. And that's why I was so glad you told me we were going to, you know, talk about Will and Jada because it's like that's exactly what we're all trying to do in one way or another. Give out the love we've been given. Yeah. Ooh, that is a major thing because sometimes it's hard to give it to yourself. You give, your, you give other yes. people that grace so often yes. and you encourage other people so hard. But then when you come and sit with yourself, you're that same judge you told them not to be, not to care about. You judging yourself. I like, you paralyzed your own self. Even when you're just like, God got me, everybody else got me, but you're just like, do I have myself? And that that's the scariest thing sometimes. It's like, how hard am I? Oh, yeah. Myself? It gets crazy. But like you said, we just have to be true with ourselves and like, okay with who we are and not expect ourselves to be perfect. And I guess just really in order to get over some of that stuff, you have to stumble and realize that it's going to be okay. Oh, yeah. And break out of those lies. You know, we all tell these lies. Oh, we all deserve love. Well, actually, that's not true. We're everybody (laughs) that you're going to be in relationship with at some point in time is going to do something that makes them not deserving of love. And I think Mm. we hold on to this lie that everybody deserves love. Well, no, we don't. And if we're taking our cue from Christ, we didn't deserve love and he gave it to us anyway. Anyway, mm-hmm. And we have to take our cue with ourselves. There are going to be times when we just mess up, when we mess up. And it's like, you know what? I'm not going to play this game where I have to earn love for myself. The same way Christ loved me when I didn't deserve love, I'm going to have to give myself that same break. And I'm going to have to give it to other people as well. So my love it's not going to be based on what you deserve. My relationship mm. with you might be. So I might have to draw some boundaries if you, you know, start tripping. But that doesn't mean I, I stop loving you. Because if we hold ourselves to that crazy standard, oh my gosh, we, I deserve love. No, you don't. Because <laughs> no, we all mess up. We all mess up. And I think when we hold that thought in our head, we create these crazy expectations that we have to always be doing or being something that makes us acceptable or worthy Mm -hmm. of love. And that is just, nobody can live up to that. And that is exhausting. And ain't nobody got time for that. Oh my gosh. You, you'll live a whole, you'll live a whole life trying to make up (laughs) and get to the end. Like, what did you really do for yourself? That's right. And you treat other people like that, too, you know, mm-hmm. because, the, you know, the Bible says we you love your neighbor as you love yourself. And when you have that judgmental, harsh, self-righteous thing going on with you, that's inevitably how you're going to treat other people, too. And so it is very true. The way you love yourself is how you're going to love other people. And so when you hold that thought in your head that you got to be good enough you know, worthy enough, perfect, or, or whatever it is, that's exactly the kind of love, air quotes, that you're going to give out <laughs> into the world to other people. You know what I mean? And so it can be poisonous because you don't even realize you're doing it sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a lot, girl. I know a lot of people our age and a little younger than us are not going into church. Like, what is your recommendation for finding, you know, like a church home? Like, what are some things to to look for and to kind of, I want to say, but I'll say beware of when trying to find a church home because I just moved to New Orleans and I haven't found any place. And I found a place in Maryland a few years ago, but something happened and I just could never 
go back after that. It was actually during one of the election cycles and they were blatantly talking about what to vote for and what not to vote for when it came to marriage, marriage equality. First of all, it was completely against my views on marriage equality. And then it was also the fact that you're not supposed to be doing this. Right. (laughs) In the church. Like, it was just compounded. Like, you're not supposed to be doing this. You're not supposed to be telling people how to vote. And then it is completely against my views and the loving God, Jesus, I know. So, for equal rights. Nobody's telling you you have to hold anything in your church. This is for their rights under the law, which you are not supposed to be involved with. So that kind of turned me off and I was like never able to go back there. And so like when I look at churches websites or try to look at sermons, like I look for those hints that that's the view and the stance they take Mm -hmm. on certain things. And I always see a red flag. And so I'm like, what, what to look for? And what is like, how do you knowing what the church is? Like, can you find a church that is meeting all your ideals or are you just always going to have to overlook something? Well, first of all, you are always going to have to overlook something because the church is made up of people and Mm -hmm. people are not perfect. So it's just like any family. It's just like any relationship. It's going to be messy sometimes. It's going to be hard. There are going to be places where you have to agree to disagree because it's a collective made up of people. Mm -hmm. And so if you are in a church that's doing it the right way, there are going to be times where it's going to be hard because if you're in community with people, that means you know their stuff, they know your stuff. So I think the first thing is sort of getting comfortable with the fact that it ain't no perfect church. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ain't no perfect church. There are going to be times where you're going to have to do what you did and decide, okay, am I at a situation where I am having to decide whether the values reflected in this community model my values, reflect what I know to be true about Christ? And if if the answer to that is no, then you might have to walk away and join another community. Mm -hmm. But there ain't no such thing as a perfect church because there ain't no such thing as a perfect person. Right. And I think one of the most important things setting aside, you know, making sure that you're in a church where they are teaching the Bible and and being faithful to the word of God and committed to living out the truth of who Christ is and how we reflect him in the world. I think one of the most important things is finding a body of believers that make room for people to be open and honest. Everybody ain't wearing polos and khakis and got 2.4 kids, you know, and I think sometimes what we look for when we say we're looking for Christ is we're really looking for homogeneity. We're looking for people just Mm. like us. And I think that we have to be comfortable making room on the pew for people who don't look like you, who don't struggle like you, who ain't attracted to the same person as you, not because you're saying to them, everything you're doing is right. Well, of course, everything they doing ain't right because everything you doing ain't right. But what you're saying is that there is no thing, no struggle, no difficulty in life, no issue, no question that's too messy or too hard for God. So if I don't know, sit down and we're going to figure it out together. You know, and I think that's the most important thing. It's not about co-signing things that we know are that fall short of the glory of God, but it's about saying that the community is not close to anybody for any reason, unless that person is a danger to other people in the community. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that makes the community close. If you're a danger to other people in the community, you can't be in the community. But other than that, there ain't nobody who is not welcome. And I think that's really important because sometimes we want everybody to struggle like us. We want everybody to be like us. And it's (laughs) like, that ain't the goal. The goal ain't for them to come and be like you. The goal is for them to be like Jesus, okay? Right. So you got, that means you got to make room for everybody. And so that's really important is an inclusive community, a community that allows everybody to come 
and be pointed towards Christ, to conform to Christ, not to conform to each other, you know? And what's something that you would say would be that would, would help somebody figure out that that's the type of community they're in? Because I think that's a lot of people are just, I guess they're kind of scarred from the situation that they, yeah. in, especially if they feel like they're from one of the marginalized communities in going, like what, what should they look for? When you find people that are comfortable telling their stuff, I think mm. that's a really good sign because if I got to sit on the pew and act like I got it all together or act like I don't have no struggles, that is not a good sign. Mm. But when you find people that are comfortable telling you their stuff or when you tell them a little bit of your stuff, because, you know, ain't nobody <laughs> going to go just go into church and be like, here's my stuff. But if you tell them a little bit of your stuff and they don't flinch, that's a good sign that you're in a good community because here's the thing. It's not about what you do or what you don't do. It's about who you know, because what I believe and what I think all Christians should believe is there is no, there's no prize to be won in behavior modification, which is why mm -hmm. that whole marriage equality thing that bothers me so much when churches do that. I'm like, okay, so say for instance, you right. I ain't never met, a gay person that said, well, child, I'm going to stop being gay because of what the law says. Right. What, is, what, do you, what do you win on, on talking about people or talking down to people? If you really think a person's soul is at peril, behavior modification is not a response to what you think the issue is. Mm -hmm. So to me, I'm like, you're just tipping your hand that you just want other people to be like you. But anyway, when you tell people your stuff and they say to you, Let's work it out together. Because here's the thing. It doesn't matter how you come. What it matters is who you're in relationship with. Because one thing we know for sure, if you have a true, sincere relationship with Christ, wherever you are, when you meet him, you won't stay there. Mm. He will change you. And so the goal is to teach people to know Christ. Because if you know Christ, Christ will do in the heart what no man can. And so I think that is to me, what the most important thing is, is how can we point people to Christ? So tell me your stuff, girl, that's crazy. I, I, I mean, you know, I normally twerk with my clothes on, but I'm not going to judge you that you twerk with your clothes <laughs> on, but sit, sit down and let's get to know Christ. And he going to change both of us, okay? He going to change both of us, you know? And so I think that's a really good sign that you're in a good community is when you see people comfortable enough to tell their stuff because they know they're not going to be met with condemnation and judgment. They might be met with truth, but the truth is going to be spoken in love and not mm -hmm. to condemn them or hurt them, but to point them towards Christ. Girl, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. You know? Yes, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You just break it down. Like, you be helping us sister out. Y'all, I be going to Amber in her inbox for all kinds <laughs> of foolishness. Like, Amber, help me. <laughs> Help me figure this out, because I know you're going to know what to say. <laughs> and, it's, and it's only because the Lord reminds me on a daily basis what a hot mess I am. <laughs> and when I, when I see the Lord just kind of laying my garbage before me, but calling me to him in love, I just think to myself, how can I go out and weaponize this grace? Like this amazing <clears throat> grace where God is like showing me, girl... Now let's sit, sit down. Come on, let's let me show you. But I still love you. And when we see God doing that for us and showing us things and you know, revealing our hearts to us, places where we need to grow and repent, but you still feel that love, I just can't then go out and then point a gun at somebody when that's mm -hmm. not what Christ does to me. So I, I just I can't do that. I can't do that. Yes. I can't do that. <laughs> So what other, like, to, like, pivot a little bit away from that. So when we met in college, y'all, me and Amber, I was coming from boarding school and coming from Arkansas. And so we'd be having events and stuff, and I wouldn't have no clothes to wear because I had, like, a plain wardrobe. But anytime something was popping, I had to go to Amber's closet, y'all, <laughs> and figure something out to wear. Because Amber had all the clothes, y'all. If we was going out to be cute, 
or we was going to some formal, like I was had to be responsive. <laughs> So and we were we were some of the plus size girls, you know. Yes. At the school, and I think both of us, you know, are a lot smaller than we were <laughs> in college. <Yeah. laughs> How has that journey been for you in changing your image and looks and your all that kind of stuff from a college woman to where you are now? How do you feel about your transition into real womanhood? Because we thought we was real grown women then, but we weren't. Okay. <laughs> child didn't even know. It's been good, but to be honest, it's been hard. So I had a gastric bypass surgery. It would be 10 years on December 28th. I had my surgery December 28, 2008. I will say it was hard because I had to grow up for real. Like I didn't realize how much I used food for comfort to mm-hmm. manage stress. And so I had to deal with a lot of those issues because I know for a while when I, after I had my surgery, you know, I was kind of shopping a lot, you know, and then I realized, I'm like, child, I'm, I'm not even on that level, you know, so I had to kind of deal with some of my issues. Like, mm-hmm. so that was one thing that came along with the territory because for many months after my surgery, I couldn't eat. So it was mm-hmm. like, you're going to have to deal with the man in the mirror. What are you really eating? And so that was definitely eye-opening for me. And that was actually around the time I started to kind of have some, you know, spiritual awakening as well. That all happened around the same time. But what I've learned really is that I have to allow myself to be fully in the moment. I feel like for a long time, I just thought, well, when I get to this weight, when I get to that weight, when I get to that weight. And after I had my son, I was on bed rest with that pregnancy. I had a really complicated pregnancy with him. So mm-hmm. I gained a little more weight than with my daughter. I, I gained 12 pounds. I had on a <laughs> Thursday, all my baby weight was gone that Monday. With Ben, I'm still trying to lose that 20 pounds. Like, and he's three, okay? Yes. <laughs> so what I'm realizing is that I just have to enjoy my life in the body I'm in, you know, and I'm trying and I've lost about seven pounds, you know, depending on the day. Mm -hmm. But what I'm really learning is that I need to take care of myself. So I can't measure my contentment with my body based on a number on a scale or when I'm going to get there or when I'm going to get, you know, for a long time, I was like, oh, child, when I get under 200 pounds, you're going to be able to tell me nothing. <laughs> and I was under 200 pounds for about 13 minutes. And it was great. But, you know, I wasn't taking care of myself. I was not sleeping. I was doing so much. So now it's like, you know what? I want to get back there, but I want to take care of myself. So I'm drinking my water. I'm just trying to enjoy my life. I'm not going to work till two and three every single morning or every evening. So I think that's really what I've learned the most is it's not so much about the weight, but it was about why I was eating. And now it's just about valuing myself as a person, not as a commodity or a number on a scale. Right now in this moment, I'm going to love my body how it is and take care of myself to try to get to where I want to be. Yeah. Are you able to balance that, like, throughout all the aspects of your life well? Because I feel like, you know, I have those thoughts, like, with my weight, like, of course, you know, being bigger, you know, I've, I've loved myself at my sizes the whole time. But, of course, there have been times when I'm like, oh, I wish I were smaller or I could be smaller yeah. with health issues. And at this point, you know, I'm just really at a point where I'm trying to consistently get the weight off. So I'm not as pressed about how fast it's happening or I'm not as hard on myself on weeks that I have carbs. And I know I figured out that sleep has a lot to do with me releasing weight because when I'm rested, it just melts off. But Mm -hmm. I find myself in other areas, like I'll be like, Oh, well, you know, you lost five pounds. That's great. You know, Or this week you lost 10 pounds. That's also great. But like when I'm doing stuff like, let's say, trying to pay down debt, I'm like, oh, I'll put 150 extra towards that car. But dang, I wish it was 500. Like I'm always like 
not able yep. to spread that understanding that it's a little bit is fine it's going away like throughout all the aspects and it's like I wish I could just like magically like sweep one thing like oh, yeah. that same understanding across all platforms but it's hard oh yeah oh yeah I feel like everything that you do everything you add on that intensifies and it's just something that you have to manage if I don't even have no meaningful answers for that other than, <laughs> you know, lately what I have tried to train myself to remember is that God is glorified in my weakness. Mm. And so I have tried to remove the shame and the guilt that I have about things that I can't do. I feel the same way about my student loan debt, mm. you know, my husband and I were talking about that the other day, like when I get a bonus every year. And so, child, that, that number seems so big, like in March. But by the time they get ready to pay it at the end of the year, you'd be like, but I wanted to pay all of that off and all of that off. And it's like that. Mm -mm. It's like, no, that don't add up. Second grade, them numbers don't add up. <laughs> so, you know, it just that ain't enough money, you know, but. What I'm just learning is that that's okay. And it's okay for me to be weak. It's okay for me not to have it all. It's okay for me to not to know the answer. It's okay for me to not be doing everything at a A plus all at the same time. Because if I could, I wouldn't need a God. If I could, I wouldn't need the Lord. So... It is no shame on me when I'm being exactly what I am, which is a human. I don't have everything. I don't know everything. I can't be everything. And that's something that's very new to me because I've struggled with wanting to have everything together and have mm -hmm. always 800 credit score, always be under 200 pounds. My kids always look like they come out of the catalog and that just <laughs> ain't happening. It's just like, my baby, we went to Chili's tonight. My baby had it on pajamas. And I was just like, you know what? I'm about to eat my burger and go home. Right. Like, I'm not about to sit here for 45 minutes. Because she, we here now. So she got on pajamas. We here now. <laughs> we here. What do you want? Pick you something, you know? Like, I just have to get, let it go. Like, I'm a human. I'm a human. And that's just part of it. And I'm trying very hard to get comfortable with that. Yeah, I feel like that's what, like, the part of, like, adulting that I can think it's just hard to deal with when you realize you have so many balls in your hand and, like, you can't mm -hmm. properly juggle them all at once. Like, you're always going to have to kind of sit something down in a way. Yeah. Get back up in the next moment, but everything probably can't be in play perfectly at the same time. No, and it's not supposed to be. And I think... That's the hardest part of my journey is even now that I'm able to admit, okay, God, I'm weak or Lord, I, I need help. Training myself to realize that's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> it even feels like kind of like I'm going in with my white towel failing or doing mm -hmm. something wrong, but just kind of training myself. Actually, no, saying my time is limited. My resources are limited. Mm -hmm. My you know, my energy, my strength, my, all of that is limited. I cannot do everything. I cannot be everything. And if I go work out three times a week, there are going to be a few days where my baby goes to school and her head looks a hot mess because I can't come home from the gym and comb your hair and you act a hot mess. I can't do that. So you're going to look crazy on Thursday because I like to go to twerk out. So I'm <laughs> going to twerk out on Wednesday night and you're going to look a hot mess on Thursday. And I just, I'm okay with that because I can't, I can't do it all. Right. I, I can't do it all. Oh, child, adulting. It is something else. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I ain't even yes. got, no, I ain't got no husband and kids, but girl, I got me and myself and I and all three of them be acting a fool all the time. Child, just save, save, save yourself. Just get start buying your BC powder now or <laughs> your icy hot. <laughs> girl, girl, that's how it is. Oh my gosh.
so you mentioned that we said we we're going to talk about Will and Jada. So if y'all haven't listened to or watched the um, Red Table Talk at the beginning of the new season, if you don't know what Red Table Talk is, it's Jada, her mom, and Willow. Um, they have a Facebook show where they talk about different life and family issues and just kind of like real talk like that people have when they sit down or kind of like some of the stuff when I talk to my friends on the podcast, the real life stuff that we kind of just talk about or we really glaze over sometimes. So they have these conversations about those things. And she had Will, her husband, Will Smith, on the first two episodes and they talked about their relationship and how they've made their marriage strong after, you know, it kind of hit its weakest points during their marriage. So I wanted to talk to Amber about that. Um, just because, you know, all things celebrity and marriage and openness makes perfect sense to discuss with her. So what were your thoughts when you watched the episode? So I'm not going to lie. I still got a little tiny side eye towards Will and Jada just because... <laughs> I'm just still a little tiny skeptical, but I loved the episodes. In general, I loved them. And I loved what they said. And I loved how honest they were. I just felt like they were a perfect example of kind of how shackled people can be to these misconceptions and these roles that people force on you when you get married. And I think it's particularly problematic for people who grow up in church and you know mm -hmm. this is what a woman does and this is what a man does and so I applaud them for having the courage to say that wasn't working for us and we stopped doing it right. and we're happy now because I feel like a lot of things that people hand to you and they slap you know Jesus on it or they slap this is what a marriage is those things have to do with power and patriarchy and culture and they have mm -hmm. nothing to do with relationship or with spirituality or with faith or with any of the things that go towards making a relationship healthy people just want you to do the stuff they've been doing you know that right. was passed on to them and it's like that don't work for everybody yeah i think that that's an important thing to understand that your idea even you personally now like your idea of what a relationship or what your relationship looks like may not be real and you can't force that onto it because you're having this relationship with the whole other person and it's <laughs> that has their own ideas about what it looks like and what makes them happy. And if one of y'all are conforming without the other one knowing or vice versa, it's always going to be some layer of contention so I think the thing I really got from them is something that I've actually been trying to work on myself with relationships, whether it's friendships, you know, relationships with guys or anything like that is communication mm -hmm. and really expressing how you feel about stuff and to discuss it and not to say that it's in a hostile type of way, but you know, this is how I feel about this. What are your thoughts? What can we do to make that better? Or is this a, you know, breaking point? You know, things like that. And I think those discussions, you have to be able to have them, one. You have to be able to be open to hearing about your possible flaws because you're not always going to be perfect, like you said before, and working yeah. through those for, for your relationship. Yeah. For yourself. I think it's also important to remember when you're in a relationship that you bring so much baggage with you, your own experiences, your own past. And sometimes I think what happens is we, even once we become aware of our bag, we forget the other person has a bag too. Mm. And we forget that there are facts, there are feelings, and both of those things have some objectivity to them. But both of them can be experienced in different ways. And I've had to learn that the hard way with my husband. I'd be like, you are lying. That is not what happened. That is not what <laughs> happened. Yes, that is. But what I realized is that's his experience of what happened. Like legit, that is in his mind what happened. And what I'm saying is legit in my mind what happened and how I saw it is colored by how I was raised, what 
what I thought about and what I knew about relationships before I met him. And the same thing with him. And you just have to be open sometimes to recognizing that everybody gets to have their own experience in a relationship and you don't get to control that. You don't get to control that. And you have to decide that your love for that person is more important than y'all agreeing on the facts and the feelings. Because that's just not always going to happen. And when you love a person enough to allow them to have your own experience of the facts and feel how they want about it, and you do the same thing, it makes life so much easier. Because it's like, okay, bro, that's exactly what (laughs) happened in your mind. And this is what happened in my mind. And we're not ever going to agree on that, but let's just talk about what we need to talk about to see if we can try to reach something that resolves whatever the issue is. Because if I waste all my time just trying to convince you to see it how I see it, somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. You know, and that that don't accomplish anything. Right. That's true. You kind of have you do have to have that understanding that we may be seeing this differently and that's right. fine. and that's fine. We don't have to see it the same way to come to a common ground or understanding. We just need to resolve the issue. We just need yeah. to resolve the issue and decide that we're going to value loving each other more than seeing and experiencing things the same way cuz that's just not going to happen. Yeah, that's true. With the red table talk, so I think it's so it was interesting to have Willow be there. Yeah. I know she's part of the cast, but I feel like other than her having been present during some of the moments that they discuss, she's so young. I mean, she just turned 18 after <laughs> that, like a few days ago. I don't know. She just kind of gave some alls and some oh's, and, and the alls were just in, they were in places that were kind of like, oh, well, daddy <laughs> loves mom. But they, if, yeah. you, if you dig into like as an adult thinking about what was really being said and how he, you know, what they were really talking about, it wasn't really an all moment. <laughs> and I feel like Correct. they, they knew that, but you know, like at her age, it was just kind of like, it kind of like brought you out of like, you're serious, like, dang, for real moment. It was like, what is she all in? <laughs> um, <laughs> you understand like, oh, she's 17, like whatever. She just, she doesn't get the background of you know, whatever, or yeah, like she brought in a couple of good points, but it was also some, like, it made it kind of interesting, like how she said Jada always wanted to live that ranch life and she left because of, of Will. She was like, oh, but you always wanted that life, you know, and Jada kind of had to be like, but I got you guys. And I, you know, even when she yeah. said that, I wondered, like, okay, but can you still have that life or does, does she, now, based on what Willow said, she's not living that life, on, you know, three months out the year or anything like that. But maybe that's something she needs to do. I don't know. But <laughs> it just seemed like, dang, that was a sad point. But like, oh, no, I didn't get to live that part that I wanted to live. But yeah, it just seemed like... See, well, I thought it was good. that I thought it was good she was there. Well, I think that part of the reason why so many people struggle in relationships is because nobody has those hard conversations with them. So, So I think for a lot of us, we're not normalized to recognizing that a relationships will be hard. They will have ups and downs. You know, I think a lot of people come to relationships with very Disney like fantasies. And so when hard times come, they think, Oh, I need to get out of this. You know? So I thought it was good that she is aware of her parents' journey. Yes. And she became aware of her parents' journey because they are telling it to her. I do agree that you could see her immaturity coming through. And I'm glad that she was not a pivotal part of the conversation. Yeah. But I thought it was good that she was there because I feel like a lot of us have the issues we have because either we didn't see anything at all with our parents Mm -hmm. or the only thing we saw was the bad part. But I think it's really important, you know, like my husband and I, try to be intentional, not about having necessarily arguments in front of our kids, but I think it's important for them to see us disagree sometimes. Yeah. Age appropriate disagreements. Like, no, we're having spaghetti. No, I want to have, you know, meatloaf, but they need to see us disagree. They need to see us reconcile. They need to see us make up. They need to know that an argument is not the end of a relationship. They need to know that bad times are not 
the end of a relationship. My oldest son is 14. Uh-huh. And very recently, my husband and I had some issues. And for a while, we separated bedrooms because we just, we were like, I, I need a break from you. And we uh-huh. told Caden, we were like, look, because we're not going to act like you don't have a brain. Uh-huh. So daddy and I are going to sleep in separate bedrooms for a little bit, but we still love each other. We are going to a council. We're working on our issues. You only have one job, and that's just to pray and ask the Lord to help our family come back together and help daddy and I work on our issues. But we love each other. We're not going anywhere. And, you know, obviously now we're back in the bedroom. We're back fine. But we weren't going to walk around and pretend like at 14 when he's taller than me and his foot is bigger (laughs) than his daddy's that he wasn't going to know that we were sleeping in different bedrooms. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's good that they showed their journey in front of their daughter because it's important for kids to know that because I think sometimes, you know, you hit a rug patch in a relationship and you think you're the only person that's ever been through it because nobody's ever told you, yeah, that happened to me too. So, you yeah, know? That is an important point of it. I guess maybe the only times where I just, one, you said, like you said, she wasn't really a part of the conversation, but some of that stuff, I felt like it was her first time hearing. And yeah, I, I felt like, yeah. you know, like, it's just kind of like, oh, if they had had, if she had known all of this before, and then they were coming to discuss it, because I felt like Jada's mom came in from that perspective. Like, she knew pretty much, yeah. about it, except for maybe like that she had dated yeah. Alfonso. But, you know, so she got to put her input from then to now in. And with them not having that conversation with Willow before, like, did she not ask all the questions she wanted? Maybe maybe it was edited out, you know, because, you know, at that age, you, know, you, I feel you, know, I, yeah. you do know stuff. Yeah, and so when I you feel, hear I, this, yeah. it's like, okay, yeah. well, maybe, I, they, you know, they could have had conversations yeah, afterwards, but with her present and then that not happening, it was kind of like, oh, well, that's interesting. Or, you know, she's, I'm sure she's heard the rumors or then just kind of like how they threw in the swingers thing at the end. Yeah. And that's a whole type of lifestyle. But Willow yeah. sitting there, but like, yeah. where did these rumors come from? Like, you know, if I was sitting there, I would have been like, I got more questions. She said a couple of times. Yeah. She was like, oh, I didn't know that. She did say yeah. that a couple of times. Oh, I didn't know that. Or, yeah, I feel you on that. Like, yeah. that probably wasn't the best time to give <laughs> yeah, the baby I think, like, she could have done, history. like, a little precursor. <laughs> like, this is what we're going to talk about. You know, I don't know if you remember this, yeah. blah, blah. But I guess they wanted to make it, like, a real, I don't know. I guess it could have still been a real conversation. But, but, like, these are things that happen. I don't know if you remember. They may come up in the conversation. They may not. But, Yeah. Because it's just like, dang, like, and it's also different if it was just kind of like recorded like this, but you could sit in there looking at her face, like cutting over the people, like looking, <laughs> it's just funny. But you know, just to watch yeah, it, like, you girl, could she, she finding out all the tea <laughs> live in front of our face. I was like, we gonna have to go, go off the camera for a minute. <laughs> you know, we gonna need a real family meeting. <laughs> okay. Okay. Something. But yeah, I think it is a good discussion to have because like you said, people have this fairy tale idea of relationships, marriages, and all types because one, they don't see it. And I feel like it's a black community thing. Grown folks business is something that's always said, but how do you learn to be a grown folk? (laughs) If you ain't never been around any grown folk business, you making it up all over again. And it's completely cycle every time somebody making up what grown folks do because they ain't never seen grown folks business as a child so true <laughs> yeah in in all types of aspects you don't know how to pay a bill you don't know how to cook a meal or you don't know how you stuff yes. just happens like we need to see all the aspects of grown folks on the first we pay bills you know on this we do this you know like this is how you run a life because those small things will give you such a leg up when you really out in the world on your own do you watch Greenleaf? And when you know the struggle Girl, yeah, girl, yes, yes, amen. Because yes. like when you notice, like you were saying, what when you know the struggle? When you know the struggle, also it makes it easier for you to be in relationship with other people, though, because I think it also makes you less judgmental too, because mm-hmm. you're more inclined to give people grace, and you also don't have an expectation that everybody does everything the same way as you. You know what I mean? But when you have those like 
shelter people like you know your your <laughs> charity green leaf uh-huh. you, know, you have a real hard time being in a relationship with people because like even like people she doesn't know like did you see how she was talking to fbi dude i'm like girl do you know him like i'm waiting for them to right. be like, they know each other that i'm like do you know him right like, like she just her bubble is so closed, she doesn't even know how to communicate with people <laughs> because she's only seen and been around one thing. And I'm like, girl, is he your, like, was he y'all's neighbor or something? Right, like, she really what's was. The, what's the tea? Because why are you talking to this man like this? You girl, know? And she was ready. And for um, old boy who came in, the other worship leader, with a prayer, had her ready to <laughs> drop it low and spread it wide. Yeah. Okay. I was like, see, this is what happened. <laughs> When you're sheltered in, in the <laughs> church and you ain't never seen nothing, and somebody can say a good piece of prayer and you ready, okay? <laughs> Just shelter, ain't seen nothing. I yeah. only seen yeah. craziness. And then you got um, Zora running oh, off God. into the wind. Girl, just a mess. Yeah, those are all prime examples because it's <laughs> like, how different would she be and how comfortable would she be talking to her mom and dad about hot mess, high yellow, if if she mm-hmm. knew that her parents had struggles. Like, right. maybe if they were open and honest, but it's like, you live in this big secret because you think you're the only person in the world that's been with a trifling man. If your mama talked to you, you would know you're not because your, your yep. dad's trifling. You and she, yeah, yeah, and that's why I'm like, you know, that's so. why I was talking about Carissa. She just misses all the opportunities and I don't like her for herself. Like, in that window when your da- when your daughter is about to run off and she's saying everything, all this is only about you. And then you say, yeah, it is about me. I work too hard. That was your opportunity to be like, no, it is about you. And I've been where you are in a different way. Like, you know, you don't have to go through. I was so confused about, I was like, what are we talking? So when I First, when she said that, I, I literally rewound my TV because I was like, Wait, what are we talking about here? Because I, I thought maybe I missed. I was like, did she say something about college or something? I was like, what are we talking? And then I realized, no, she just meant like she worked too hard at creating this perfect image of a family and mm-hmm. she didn't want Zora to ruin it. And I yep. was like, oh, Carissa. She oh, is Carissa. Lady, And I be trying to because I feel sorry for her. She is That's Lady right. May Jr. That's right. That's exactly what That's she is. Right. And That's... Zora is becoming a ratchet grace. Yeah. She is the ratchet version. Yeah. Well, I think Zora is is a prime example of what happens when you don't have anybody you trust enough to say, I'm hurt or I'm scared. Mm-hmm. You just put on a face and you yeah. do stupid stuff because what else are you going to do? Because I don't even think she's necessarily grace. I think that Zora would have been not even a storyline. If she could have just came home one day and said, I need to tell you guys something. I think I like this boy. And it didn't have to be a big, dirty secret because as soon as he started tripping, they would have knew. They yeah. would have knew and it wouldn't have been a storyline. And she would have felt comfortable enough saying this would happen. But when people make it like you ain't a whole entire teenager, you don't want to go out, you don't want to have a boyfriend, you just want to go to church all the time, well, girl, you the preacher's wife and you don't want to go to church all the time. You wouldn't even quit your job. So what make you think she want to go to church all the time and she don't want to have a boyfriend and she don't want to have a life? Like, yeah, they just, now. They're full of extremes. They don't have any middle ground. So, yeah, you can see how she could just be like, I don't want this life. So I'm going to go to the exact the, yeah. the extreme to make it seem like I'm not going to live like this. But, you know, because she has dealt with all the red flags and still stand with this boy just and but it's also part of the upbringing just to have a man because they all these women are chasing after these men and this perfect idea and isaiah is this if isaiah wasn't a musician or industry star she wouldn't be over him like that she's trying to get her own her own perfect lifestyle but she think it's different because it's not other church but you're trying to be the the um single girl it's all all the same. Yeah, yeah, girl. Yeah. Just and just like your mama, you overlooking stuff. Yeah. Who is this girl in your phone? Why is that really the question? Is that really the question we asking? Right. You, you everything you need you to saw know. It. You know, you, you, you already doing the saw same it. thing your mom did. Yeah. You walking around the yeah. house scared. Yeah. He breaking plate. Mm-hmm. 
And if we want to really take it all the way back, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a while and I binged the first season. But when, what's Grace's daughter's name? I can't think oh of Oh, my gosh. I but can't, whenever I can't she came in and Zora was trying to take her out because she was trying to go hang out with Isaiah, Isaiah was trying to like all her, right? Didn't he like the? Didn't I he like her? So because she introduced, yes, and she remembered when Zora went out with him. She was just like always oh, cool or whatever. But yeah, she liked him. She liked him. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm like, that, yeah, your, your flag's red mm-hmm. right there. Like she was trying to feel him. Mm-hmm. Like it was. It's so much going on. He knew your cousin was liking him, and he was trying to feel. And now, but no, now y'all together. It's all been bad from the beginning. A bad omen. But you know, my little theory is that his mama is um the other sister. Now, this is my little fan theory. It's um um the other Daryl James sister. Yeah, or sister. Yeah, the other Daryl James sister. Cause we ain't heard no name Ooh. for his parents. But you know, everything that Basie and them been doing clearly has been calculated to take them down. What's a better way? Cause and they he not really worship league. Yep, he and they not Basie's exactly. Church. And they not, and they never been concerned with Grace. They never been trying to come for Grace. If anything, he's okay with Grace. It seems like, like Basie ain't really come for Grace. But so when Grace's daughter is like it's like in Isaiah, it don't work. So you go after the other son, the son's daughter. You go after Zora and break her down. Oh, I could be completely Ooh. wrong, but baby, it's a theory. It's a theory. I mean, that's a theory, but he sure was. A, he that's where he came from. Yep, he, sure he came from that church. Oh, child. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he do he do favor Basie a little he bit, do. and you know, now that they now that you know they on their Mari Povich tip, we can't even discard that theory since clearly they about that life. They are. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> the writers have shown they will throw a Mari Povich twisty. <laughs> <laughs> they clearly, they clearly will. I'm like, oh, they've been on the long game because you know with black people, you you can look like anything. Your genetics come from all over yes. the place. But it's a reason why yes. Grace looks the way she does compared to the other two siblings that are still living. I... The other one was supposedly so... light, but you mm. never saw her. So in your mind, she Grace is, looks different. Mm. From the beginning. That all hit me like a ton of bricks when he was talking about who his daddy was. I mean, who her dad was and stuff. I was like, ooh, that's cold-blooded. That's why Grace is light-skinned. And then <laughs> you got Jacob is the chestnut. And then Charity is mm-hmm. is a little chocolate. But they, them two boxes is doing their own thing. Ooh, I'm on yeah. the struggle bus. So I literally did not, I didn't catch that until last episode because a lot of like, oh when Aaron initially showed up I thought they were gonna make it some way that Aaron was Lady May's son and I thought that was gonna come out but after a while I was like okay they've passed that point and they've talked about his mother so this isn't gonna be how this goes so I kind of threw that out of my mind but then I see how they brought it on back way deeper yeah not Aaron <laughs> but grace and can i tell you how cold-blooded that is for your your husband to leave you for your sister's half brother oh <laughs> oh there's so, oh, so, so yeah. somebody on my facebook was saying yeah. like this is so incestuous and i and we shouldn't even mention that part that if they are that yeah it's so because mm-hmm. the bishop was with Oprah, which is May's half sister, well, no, her yeah, whole sister, yeah. her whole sister, and I wonder if they're gonna have a child somewhere out there in the world too. But you know, it's always funny because Grace is the one who was always closest to her, and she right? <laughs> an outcast. I bet she knows. She know everything. She's gonna come back. Yeah, Ooh. she probably know. Well, she I probably can't wait. I can't wait to this next episode. This last episode. I'm just so ready to find out if Bishop is a thought. I'm like, Bishop, you ever thought Nene? No, girl, I think she she date raped him. If she did, either she lying. First of all, Latoya Lucky is making me hate her guts because she is acting her butt off on this role, okay? She is doing the thing. Acting is her calling. Praise God for being dropped from Destiny. Yeah, yeah that's true. This is This is your ministry, boo. 
So she I'm gave they were drinking that sm- they were drinking that smooth champagne. Remember he was he come in and on how smooth it was, and she was like, I asked for something that something and they were drinking and then I was like this seemed like she about to do something and then they like cut off and then she started telling people they had the sex so I'm like oh, did she date right now did she drop a little song like, and then you know she she sperminated in real life so they were like is they gonna work that into the story <laughs> that she, now she done got sperminated by the by the pastor she, she, she said people be coming up to her being like is that Bishop Greenleaf's baby <laughs> That's a character. That's a character. <laughs> this is my real life husband. Right. <laughs> this should bring me physical real. <laughs> right. Thank you. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I'm like, yeah. When are they gonna work at it? But no, I'm they going too far if they do that because I don't. I want her to stay on the show, but ooh, that'd be a hot mess. But I'm just like, also, they need to save Tasha. Tasha needs to admit what happened because they setting Tasha up too. I believe that's my other theory because. She knew what Basie was the whole time. Obviously, they working together. Oh, right. It's one thing to get Jacob to sign the paperwork or whatever, but he wasn't present at the bank to open the account. Somebody had to open the account, right? And I'm guessing it was probably that's Tasha. correct. She had to sign paperwork. But you know, but with churches, with churches and stuff, is different. You know, but, but you, you but know. who had who who turned in the paperwork? It had to been Tasha. Correct. So she's going to be on somebody camera, somebody something. It's going to be a trail. So who they setting up to be fall into the trail and get messed up to? Tasha. So, but Tasha tell the truth on what happened before all of that comes out, you can use that to corroborate her story more so than catching her up in the drama, in the downfall. Well, she didn't show up to that meeting and when basically... Because basically kidnapped her. Like, I'm done. I'm done. You done kidnapped her. I'm dead. I I'm like, hey, I don't know. I don't know. She gonna have to I be don't saved. Trust Tasha. I don't trust Tasha. I didn't trust her at first either. <laughs> we need to give She gonna need to we be We need saved. to give Tasha a Melania Trump. I wink. Sis, wink at us if you need to be rescued. She in danger. Okay, I feel like she in danger because she was hiding in that house. She was, she conflicted is what it is. Because I think she's conflicted. I don't think she. And I think she felt guilty and she told Basie and then he popped her in her face and took her phone. <laughs> but I, something I happened. But you know, my thing is I, she never had time to one deal with the BS that Basie was doing to the church because she didn't know about all that stuff going on. So she had to deal yeah, with finding out dead. about all that stuff he was doing, then thinking he was dead. So she has never had a real time. So I think he's, he's uh, innocent, but she still love her man. Because she really hasn't had the appropriate time to be mad or mourn him, and he back and it's just she's confused. She's confused. I, I'm you. She's you confused. you giving Tasha more grace than me. I'm a. I don't know. I, don't I didn't know. like I'm her a, at first know, though. I spent, I spent the first thirty minutes talking about making room for people in the church. I could. I could <laughs> be like, since you have to sit on the pew behind me, you can't. You can't sit on this pew. I'm sorry. I, I, and I really I gave her like the side her. eye. And I knew she was working with them. But then, you know, you could generally see she felt like she was doing wrong. Although she kept doing, like, the first time she didn't let him sign the paper. And that's, like, her genuinely knowing it's wrong that was coming out. So I just think she's caught between a rock and a hard place. And she, she probably also felt that that was her only way to see Basie again was to do that stuff. Because we know Latoya Luckett is acting her butt off. She got yeah. Tasha feeling like... She about to, you know, make them pay or whatever. Anytime you got to go, anytime you go to your door with a lamp, I'm like, dang, <laughs> not a, not a knife, not right. a, lamp, a lamp. I'm like, okay. She is tired of these snakes on the plane, okay? Yeah, she said she was spending the clock, Latoya. I was like, <laughs> a lamp, Tasha? Okay, okay. Mm, girl, drunken real, men. but yes, girl. Yeah. So much going on in that show. The Green Leaves. Do a whole podcast series on the Green Leaves. And listen, people be thinking, what cracks me up, you know, people be talking about, oh, they making church people look bad. I'm like, child, all that kind of garbage happens in church. They didn't invent that. They They just monetized it. (laughs) You know, I'm like, you can't blame these people. They ain't making church people. People look bad. They just talking about stuff that already be happening. Right. So. It's like based on the true life of the real world. Okay. 
correct. It's just a little tiny extreme in that it don't happen like All week by same. week. But I mean, <laughs> the everybody, same yeah. yeah, everybody could tell a story that's got about eighty percent green leaf on it. So mm-hmm. you know, hey. That's just some hard truth. We gonna have to tell. Ain't nobody slandering us now or defaming us. We handed them these stories because mm-hmm. it happened. And you wouldn't be thinking it was so good if it wasn't realistic, okay? Exactly, exactly. Or if you didn't know somebody who knew somebody who went mm-hmm. to a church with all this drama. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, girl, I want to thank you for joining me today to talk about all things God, Greenleaf, and <laughs> and Will and Jada. All kinds of stuff, girl. We've been all over the place and all up and down and around the world. And I appreciate you taking some time out with me to record today. This was so much fun. So now that I'm done, I'm about to go and do what I planned to do earlier and listen to Granny. I was so mad. I got in my car and <laughs> I got a call and I was like, are you kidding me? Because this is not what I plan to do on my drive to court today. I have a date with my <laughs> most favorite person in the world. that I've y'all, and y'all, she loves my grandmother. <laughs> this is her favorite person from listening to Please, my grandmother's Oh my God. I got my prepaid. A funeral together. You know, <laughs> she, Granny helped me fix my life. Granny is the real Ayama, okay? Oh my God. So now I'm about to go do what I plan to do. I'm about to go listen to the podcast, listen, and, you know, rock my number one fan shirt. Yes, girl. I have to tell her, be like, oh, she just loves you. You got fans, Granny. You got fans. Yeah, just, granny, I'm going to have to set up a call. going to blow up. I'm going to have to set up a call for y'all so you can talk to her. <laughs> Listen, you might be in competition. Listen, my the way I was about to say the way my way my heart is set up right now, I'd be done had a heart attack. I'd be like, is this crazy? <laughs> I can't deal with you. Between I you, wasn't ready. between you and my brother-in-law, my sister's husband loves my grandma too. Oh, he thinks she's just the funniest person, the craziest person ever. He loves her. So between y'all, y'all love y'all some granny, and she is a mess. She is. But yes, go listen to the podcast episode. Be on that world tour. <laughs> yeah, she would love to do that. But yes, thank you so much for joining. Do you want to tell people where they can follow you? Do, are any of your accounts open in public, or do you have any pages you can share with the people, your YouTube, anything? First of all, I'm not official like that. Um, no, your YouTube I, is public, though. Oh, yeah, but I don't know what it is. I mean, because I just did it because you told me to. <laughs> but Y'all, I'm Instagram and, Yeah, you just, be, I don't know. I really, I, I We're going to get her together in the meantime. We're going to get her together in the meantime. And by Monday, because this, this is going up in a, this is Monday when y'all are hearing this in November, you're going to have something together. At least a Facebook page or yes. something to point the people to. Yes. Uh, because y'all need to go get this word. So, thank you. fix my life. And yes, we're going to fix your life. Whitney, <laughs> fix your life. Um, <laughs> but thank, thank you. Thank you. thank you so much. Thank you, friend. I'm so happy you let me join you, and I'm so proud of you. And I'm just, Thank you. I love your journey. Love what you're doing. Keep it up. Yes, I appreciate it, girl. You can come back anytime. Okay. Hey, I'll be back. Yes, girl. Thank you for listening to When Wit Happens. You can find Wit living her best life at withappen6.com and at withappen6 on social media. Subscribe and follow for updates. Until next time, keep living your best life.